Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the Sin office and studios stand. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. We'll put a smile on your dial. Amplify the fun in your evenings. Amp up your ride home with Amplify. The sound of underage Melbourne. You're listening to Amplify. 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 This is Amplify. to Amplify Onsen, and you just listen to our indie pop corded band, The Aces, which are our American alternative pop band from Provo, Utah, and they have just released their new song, Always Get This Way, by The Aces. And before that, you listen to Tuesday by Jezla. Woo! Amplify is back! Woo. Finally! Yay! I'm so excited to be the new EP of Amplify, so you'll probably be listening a lot to me. I am really excited for this new opportunity to challenge myself, my abilities, and to try something new. And I really want to take Amplify on the next level. And I really am excited. And I want you guys to look forward to all the different interviews we're going to do with different artists, co- comedians, um, cough, cough, maybe. <laughs> um, and I really hope you guys enjoy our show. And we also have our lovely host, Ivy, who just joined. Yay! Yay! So yeah, I'm Ivy. I'm kind of like co-host slash host. I'm just here to help out Elishva. And yeah, we'll be kind of just running the episodes together and holding the interviews. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. It's my first time. So, you know, I'm kind of learning. Ivy, do you have any um, goals for you being as a host and helping me out as an AP? I mean, I don't know. I feel like this experience is really new to me. So I definitely have a lot to learn. I think I just, my main goal is to have fun. Also, like, since we'll be talking about, like, interesting stories and things that we hear about, I'll be learning in the process as well. So, yeah, my main yeah. goal is to have fun. What about you? I'm really excited. I'm, like, really looking forward to all the different weird, funny, and serious topics that we're going to talk about. And just to tell a bit about yourself to the audience. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm in year eight this year, so I don't know, I feel like last year, since I was in year seven, it was definitely a bit of a transition period for me, I was kind of, 
and no school is quite different like we had a lot more work and yeah I was kind of balancing my extracurriculars and school and stuff like that but this year I'm doing a lot more like social service actually um volunteering as well and I'm also trying out sim like I did my induction course recently so I don't know this is a really interesting experience and I'm really excited you're not that young from me but I still feel like you're just a baby oh, okay thank you <laughs> so tell a bit about myself I'm an year 11 student um and I really like k-pop k-drama that's kind of like the main music mm-hmm. but I basically can oh yeah Ivy is a k-pop stand too so <laughs> we really bonded together very well I can listen to like any music depending I don't really care that much but I really like watching movies and stuff and school-wise I feel like it's gotten more serious and I've gotten mm-hmm. more serious about my studies more stress but it's okay we're, we're hanging on it Right. Yeah, we're hanging by a thread, but it's okay. It's okay. Wait, it's unrelated. Okay. What's your favorite subject? My favorite subject? Um, My favorite subject is psychology, and that's what I want to do in uni. But I really mm-hmm. like chemistry, too. Yeah, for me, I don't know. My favorite subject probably wouldn't be math. I mean, it's an important subject, but yeah, I quite like English. I really like debating and writing as well. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what I'll do in the future yet, but yeah, that's definitely an option for me. I love journalism. I mean, English is nice. I like talking about books and stuff and analyzing them, but just mm-hmm. overall, it just messes up with my brain. Like, like oh, just I see, I see stories and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it, to each their own. Everybody's different. English yeah. is not that bad. If you like maths, maybe I would have actually questioned you, but it's okay. <laughs> So a fun question to talk about ourselves is what is your favorite like late night snack? Late night snack? I mean, it's pretty late at night right now, actually. I was just eating right before this, but um, I don't know. I, I don't have a go-to snack, but recently at, at school, we have a subject called home economics. So we make food and we've been learning baking. So I don't know. I love to make these banana date muffins and they're really good. And I made them for the first time today. Wow, that you're actually eating something that is a bit healthy. Uh, on I'm, the inside me, I like eating ice cream. I love ice cream with my own heart, and I can eat it like twenty four seven. I don't know. I feel like yeah, like banana date muffins are healthy, but if you're eating at like eleven at night, that's another topic. The fact that it's not the question why we're up that late, but what we eat. Do you know about that question that usually people ask? Like, oh, uh, if you were to be a uh, ice cream flavor, what you would be? Wait, what is that a question? Wait, yes. Like, if, if you I was, be... yeah. If what flavor do you want to be of ice cream? I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of halfway between mint chocolate and some kind of berry flavor. I, I don't know. I just I like these. I can see you like that. <laughs> I don't know why. I can just imagine you that way. For me, I kind of want to be hazelnut. I want to see that as well. Yeah. Can like visualize people as ice cream I know, right? I wonder who made that. Well, enough of our talks. Let's move on to our next song, which is by a singer called Kofi, who is a Guinean-Canadian artist who just released his new single called Mine. My Own West Enemy by Time, an Australian singer slash songwriter who delivers a unique brand of electronic pop full of intimate yet playful lyrics. Her intimate song, My Own West Enemy, 
talks about being your own obstacle and never letting yourself fully celebrate your achievements by getting in the way of your own happiness. And you also just listened to Fantasy by Kali Udon Tolova. Now onto our topic. Did you know that the 21st of February was International Mother Language Day? Wait, Elisha, do you know about the history of International Mother Language Day? I actually do know it because I was very curious why do we actually celebrate it. So I actually found out that this day was originated by Bangladesh. It was their way of celebrating their language, which is Bengali. When they got independence from Pakistan, it was their way of saying like, oh, we have our own language in our country. Are you bilingual, Ivy? Yeah, I actually am. So I was born in China and my first language was Mandarin. So yeah, I, I guess fluently I'm bilingual, but I'm also learning. What about you? Uh, I'm bilingual too, because I'm from Pakistan. So I speak Urdu, but there's also another, you can say like kind of part of my culture is Punjabi, but I don't yeah. speak Punjabi because like as growing up, my grandma was the only one that speak Punjabi while my parents right. didn't. So I never learned how to speak Punjabi, but I was always fascinated and by learning Punjabi. And I was like, oh, like I wish I knew it. it's such a good language. But still yeah. now, even if I tried to learn it, I don't know. My brain just cannot comprehend it. I can understand it very uh-huh. well, but mm-hmm. I just can't speak it. It's kind yeah, of- I know what you mean. Like some languages, like Mandarin, for example, it's a bit different for me, but like I can understand it really well. And like I can also speak it fluently because it's my first language, but... I don't know, for reading and writing, it's kind of recognized as one of the harder languages. Like, instead of an alphabet, it has, like, individual characters. So what's it like for your language? For our language, is very similar to the Arabic version, except, you know how, like, you know how Chinese have tones? Yes. And they use, like, specific symbols to do that? On yeah. Arabic, is the same thing, right? But we oh. don't have the symbol. That's mm. one of the reasons why I had difficulty reading it, because I'm like... And reading and writing, I'm like, wh- how do I know which letter to join? Like, how do I know how to pronounce like, specific things when they don't have no notations? But it is, that's the only thing that's hard. But overall, people say that it's not hard, but I always fail in my own language. I barely passed. So yeah. I was at a hard time reading it. I kind of feel like it depends on the family too. Like, if the parents really, like, since childhood force you to read, uh, your own language books and yeah. so you're more like likely to be more fluent in it in reading and writing do you agree with that yeah I I think I do agree because like when I was a kid um since I kind of planned to move to Australia pretty young because like the education system is um I feel like it was more suited to my needs so I I came to Australia when I was around four but yeah I think when I was a kid I listened to a lot of I mean I still am a kid but when I was young I listened to a lot of podcasts I think that definitely helped like it kind of got ingrained in my brain and I didn't it wasn't as much of a struggle to like get to know it because it was kind of there already yeah and also I'm I like I said that I really like psychology and in psychology you learn how as young people we really learn by observing other people and Mm -hmm. I agree with with you like I was also planning to move to Australia so I really watch a lot of like my father would bring English books and like movies and I feel like that really influences our brain. Like, I didn't have a hard time even, like, coming here thinking in English and, like, speaking English, reading English. And I think it really depends how our brought up is. Like, for a person who is very engaged with their own language would probably have much harder time to comprehend English. 
Yeah, I mean, no, no, I, I saw something like that online actually. Like, I think it was on TEDx actually, but uh, it's like for bilingual people, their brains actually work quite differently to people who just speak one language. Your brain kind of adapts, and I haven't actually studied psychology, but yeah, I think it's really interesting, and it kind of opens up a new area in your brain. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how our brain can comprehend two languages. For you, you're learning like three third language, but it's still like mm. processing every single thing, working mm. it. Like, but is it just me? But sometimes when if like I have a lot of Lebanese friends, and of course mm. I talk to them in English, and when I talk to them and they ask something for me, like, oh, how do you say this in your language? My brain cannot like very like it cannot say a translation and even if I say it it's like the most English version of that word (laughs) I I forgot my own language in front of them because my brain is working in English right now I know I know it's like your brain has two different modes and it just kind of switches in between but one struggle with being a bilingual I feel like when you live in an environment that speaks mainly English for example like my brain kind of switches off in the Mandarin aspect like I start losing my skills I don't know yes I agree. Like sometimes I would have like perfect sentence in my own language. I'm like, like how do I say it in English? And then I would be like so confused. That's the thing. I feel like sometimes we try to translate our language to mm. English, and it ends up being in a very bad grammatic, grammatical structured sentence. And my friend yeah. makes fun of me because of that. And then it's kind of interesting how we try to t- translate every single thing, even though sometimes you can translate a word, but it's just not the same feeling. Mm. I know. Like, there are, it's also interesting. Like, it's a little bit unrelated. It's, it's more just in the realm of languages. But, like, say in Mandarin, um, I, I feel like there are a lot of concepts or words that, like, can't be, like, physically cannot be translated into another language. Like, it only exists in that language. And there's no way to, like, describe it in another language. It's interesting. Yeah. It's like connected to culture as well. Yeah, it's very connected to the culture. I feel like language is a very big part of like culture and identity because yeah. I feel like for people who grew up in Australia but are Pakistani or they are Chinese and yeah. they don't know their own language, they somewhat feel like a bit like as if they're a stranger to their own culture. Like they would know stuff, but it's just like the language barrier does come yeah. in between. Yeah, and also like I like what you said because language I feel like kind of it allows people to connect with each other people tend to feel closer to each other when they have like a common mother tongue or a common language and I don't know since it's so deeply ingrained in culture as well I feel like it allows people to form like closer bonds yeah I agree like as soon as like you say oh you have the same mother tongue there's like like instant connection and the happiness that you feel oh my god you speak the same language that I speak in this foreign country filled with English-speaking people. Yeah, and actually, like, kind of bringing it back to the topic a little bit, but have you heard about UNESCO? They are focusing on a fight against a global learning crisis. It's kind of like this theme, but they're calling on all countries to ensure that children are taught in their mother tongue. So, like, languages are kind of going extinct. They're bringing it back and making it part of the school curriculum. I, I saw a video about that at school, actually. Like, have you I heard about it? I think that's a really... I didn't heard about it. But I think yeah. that's a really, really good movement that they are starting because, I mean, the thing is, like, language really, de- like, it's more of how you are taught and stuff. And yeah. if they're not doing it, of course, it's going to go extinct. And mm. it's just such a very important thing that we, I think we should be focusing on. And especially in this time where 
world is very moving on very fast. Yeah. And English has become like a global language and it's very easy to lose your own language and yeah. identity because you're being influenced about it a lot by the media, mm. by every single thing. Yeah, I see what you mean. And also, I don't know, it's kind of like an interesting thought to kind of leave on, but um, so the director general of UNESCO, her name is like Audrey Azuli. He pointed out um, that mother languages shape millions of developing young minds. And he actually mentioned, I thought this was really interesting, but he said that children learn best in their mother tongue. And it's really important that children should have the opportunity to learn in their mother tongue. So it's actually like our ability to comprehend content as well. Like if it's in our mother tongue, like the connection between like teachers and students and the kind of learning as well. I don't know the impact of that. I, I really agree. I can really learn much better if someone's doing it in my language. And I can teach much better if it's my in my own yeah. language. I think it really yeah. depends our comfortability and our emotions to the language. Yeah. So that's why maybe we're more easy to learn from our own language. So our next song is Desensitized by Miramar, which is a local Sydney based heard our Australian indie rock artist High Troops' new track, Girlfriend. And before that, you heard Plastic Pony by MXM Tune. And before that, you heard Desynthesized by a local Sydney-based band, Miramar. I know that science day by day is like evolving and experiments get cooler and cooler. But I don't mm. know if you've heard about this one, that six scientists swallowed a Lego head for a science experiment. Please elaborate. <laughs> so basically, a lot of parents were coming to the emergency because their kid accidentally swallowed Lego heads. I know we all have been there eating. Yeah. He just wanted to like spread the message that it's not something that serious and they don't yeah. have to come to emergency or search through their poops. So they wanted to do experiment to see how their stomach reacts, reacts to different stuff. So yeah. a pediatrician, Andy Hag and his collaborators decided to spread awareness for a few objects that are hazardous for children to swallow, which was button batteries which can actually be very toxic if they're swallowed and they can burn the baby's esophagus in a couple of hours. It's very dangerous oh, wow. to swallow compared to like a quine or a Lego head, which is usually not that much because it's just plastic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting you say that because I think I, I saw online, I don't think it was this year, but I think a few years ago, I saw online like news about, it was pretty tragic actually, but it's a pretty serious issue like button batteries. I think there was this toddler who accidentally followed button batteries and yeah, you can't really recover from that. It's pretty hard. But like you said, it burns through the esophagus pretty quickly. You need to take more precautionary measures. Yeah, of course, like the battery has a lot of chemicals in it and it's probably the body is too weak to handle that. Yeah. But was there any weird item that you eat as a kid? because i remember i used to love first of all chewing on the pencil is just normal oh, yeah. <laughs> but i tried eating crayons it oh, was very bad crayon? crayons? yeah or because of the texture i don't know i think it was the color that was tempting oh like the bright colors yeah i mean i, I can see yeah. it comes <laughs> For me, I actually have quite a few. Um, I think the earliest one I remember was when I was in kindergarten. Like, I, like, ate hair. Like, I would, I would, like, pluck hair from my friends. And then 
just like eat it. I don't know what was going on in my head. I think I was a little bit of a space child. Yeah, there's that. Yeah, on another note, one that was not intentional. I think I was around six or eight, maybe seven years old. And you know how, if you've ever been to like CBD, like they have some soap shops and they have like display shelves and with like different shades of soaps with like different yeah. colors. And as a kid, like I thought that was so pretty. So, and that particular display, all of the soaps, this orange, yellow, beige ish color. And it kind of like reminded me of bees. So I, I like thought it was a cheese drop. So I was kind of like walking around. I just picked one up and I took a bite. And I, I realized something was not quite right. And that was still a bit of a traumatic memory. I mean, I mean you eating hair was like weird <laughs> enough. So I feel like I need to share a weird moment too. So I'm scared of cockroach. I'm scared of any insect. But when yeah. I was a kid, I saw this cockroach crawling. And then I just pick it up and um eat it. What? Yes. And my brother saw it. And he's like, Mama, Alishba is eating a cockroach. And then she came and then she had, you know, actually like forced to like oh make me spit it out. <laughs> yeah. So whenever I'm like scared of cockroaches, like, oh, you just ate a cockroach when you were young. Like, why are you so scared of it? I'm like, I'm sorry. I couldn't. But think like, of- I cannot come up. I, I physically cannot come up with a logical explanation. What came over you? Maybe I just didn't have logic. And that's a lot. I mean, I guess I'm not one to talk. Like, I ate hair. <laughs> yes. What was tempting about the hair? I don't know. There's nothing tempting about hair. It's disgusting. I don't know. I just honestly don't. I'm I guess we're all just weird kids at the end. But mm. it's funny how the fact that they were like willing enough to like, use science because mm. they know like science has big power. Yeah, I mean people tend to believe what they're able to see and hear about. I think people are and tend to put more trust in science because it's more proven. So I think the fact that they were brave enough to eat it and especially I don't think they had many like precautionary measures when they ate it. Like what if they the fact that they did that, it was pretty brave. Yeah, they probably had a lot of faith. I feel like that's enough traumatizing story for the listeners. So let's yeah, move on to our next song, which is Savage Heart by Adelita. Tell us your weird childhood story on our Instagram, Amplify Sin. You just heard Home by Commoner, as well as Haunted by The Van. And the first song that you heard was Savage Heart by Adelita. Now, did you know that International Women's Day is today, which is March 8th, where countries all over the world unite in celebration of women's achievements? Alicia, have you actually heard about this day before? I actually knew about it, but I didn't know it was going to be today. I just went to school and then I found out. Like, I've definitely, I've heard of the concept, but it, it feels strange because you hear about it all the time, but then when it's actually today, it doesn't seem- Yeah, I feel like it's not promoted widely enough. Yeah. Which is kind of I, sad. I think most things surrounding this actually are, you hear a bit about it in the news. You kind of just hear of it as, as a distant thing, even though it actually impacts all of us. Basically, this event honors women of the past, present, and future generations who have fought for change in gender equality and funding female-focused charities. It, we hear this a lot, but what does it mean actually? Like, do you think there are any like misconceptions surrounding feminism? Yeah, there's like this big conception like Women's Day or feminism is like, oh, it's only for women. And some people mm-hmm. even go far enough to say like, oh, it's for them to hate men. Which is not like that. It's basically a fight against the society and those mm-hmm. toxic cultures in the society, which mm-hmm. kind of bounds women and, mm-hmm. you know, result in us being disrespective. And, you know, why should we be quiet about, you know, something that is mm-hmm. our human right, you know? And it's I not just women. It depends on men too, because because it's the social ethics to be respectful and to give everyone equal chances. It's not gender-related. 
I feel like there's definitely a double standard surrounding it. I feel like with the concept of feminism as well, like you said, this huge misconception that feminism is like kind of not only fighting back against men, but actually like abusing men and putting them down to benefit women. But I don't, it's completely not like that. And our words and actions are kind of being twisted around. There's kind of a lack of communication as well. But I feel like, like I said, the double standard, a lot of the time that it's not considered like the circumstances surrounding it and the reason behind why these movements are being held and instead it's only like the, only the actions are being looked at by themselves and that kind of it, it doesn't create a great image for feminism but I think there's a lot that we can actually unpack in it yeah I feel like it's that relationship of actually understanding and respecting the dis- different perspective and being open to criticism which mm. usually people are not and yeah. if they are not open to criticism then how are you going to improve as a society you know how are you going to move forward because the world is changing the world has changed so much but we're still stuck in the past Mm. but one thing that we don't talk about and i don't even know is like how did we even like ended up celebrating international women day i know i actually didn't know about this initially as well but yeah i had a bit of research and i know it's really interesting because apparently the date for international women's day wasn't formalized until there was a wartime strike in 1917 and it's basically russian women demanded for bread and peace so i didn't really know what that meant but basically Basically, it's talking about like basic needs and equality. And I think the strike lasted about four days and four days in, they were forced to grant women emancipation. And yeah, the strike began on March 8th. So that became the date for international. Actually quite significant. I feel like a lot of international days kind of stem from important historical events, but we don't, like we didn't, I never heard about this. Like this isn't taught at school. Yeah, I think it should be taught at school. It's like a big part of our history. And honestly speaking, especially in those time of days to like, stand up like that is like a very mm. big thing it's really empowering like knowing the history behind all of you yeah that's what i was gonna say like actually like just following on from that point i think like our school curriculum is kind of changing like recently like back then it was more focused on like men in history and how they've impacted history well that also brings me to women in stem but yeah we can talk about that but um i think now like at my school we have a lot of clubs and they're like student-run clubs and um, we also have a club that was recently started called Intersectional Feminism Club. So um, I don't know if you've heard about it. I haven't really heard about it because our school doesn't do clubs, so I'm not really sure about it. But basically, it's not just the club itself, but like intersectional feminism, it's kind of, it's like leading off from feminism, but instead of just being hyper-focused on the one issue, it's kind of intersectional. It kind of shows how like people who are facing segregation, it's not only because of their gender, but also a, a lot of different things like religion, race, reality, it all kind of connects. And people from like minority groups, especially people who are part of a lot of minority groups, kind of all of that put together results in more segregation as well. Yeah, you're right. The curriculum have changed. I love how they like talk about women's contribution into like each of the main history events. And that's really good that your school is trying to acknowledge the issue and, you know, raise awareness for it. Yeah, like you said about the STEM thing, that's actually one of the main themes of this year's international women's day is like women in stem yeah do you know anything about that actually i've kind of heard about i heard that stem is like an abbreviation for science technology engineering and maths which is like kind of like subjects where like quote-unquote it's seen as like masculine subjects yeah so the woman challenging the society into being at that is like kind of like a big thing and i feel like a lot of people now associate science with girls 
Yeah. Oh, this is really interesting. But since today was was International Women's Day, um, at school we saw this video like in the morning. It was talking about how um we tended to like in science class in the past we were students were mostly shown images of men and when students I think it was either primary school age up to like 18 they always like most of the people in that age range like they pictured scientists as like men wearing lab coats with like puppy hair and you know <laughs> mad scientists I feel like that's kind of changing now like but I feel like schools are trying to incorporate more images of women in science and women in STEM into their curriculum and into the images that they show and also it's kind of unrelated but it's pretty interesting I, I think I saw something about how students learn better when especially like female students learn better when they're shown images of women in the field that they're interested in because it's kind of like it inspires them as well it shows that they're capable of doing that yeah I, I've heard that too which is kind of interesting how mm. kind of it impacts us like the influence of small stuff and yeah. also one of my teachers she said that she's very gender equality when it comes to toys and stuff but mm-hmm. as her daughter is growing by herself she starts saying like oh i'm not gonna get that truck that's for boys like yeah. i'm gonna get a doll she like usually didn't play with doll that much the kids really hear about stuff and they learn from it and it's just yeah. it's interesting how her family was very gender equality but as she grew up she realized that oh those for boys and those for girls that's different yeah. shouldn't be like especially stuff like toys there's just mm. toys why are you you know gender specific for that yeah like i think people are kind of turning around now and changing their opinions but i think even now like even when you start turning around your opinions and like realizing you realize that when you were being raised up during your childhood a lot of the times there are things that we didn't notice just like gender norms and things like that toys like the truck and the doll example and like pink and blue the way that we're supposed to dress as well it's kind of just like the norm yeah even if your family isn't like that i feel like growing up observing the world you just ended up being like that yeah, but it's like the media as well people around yeah media like plays a good role too but i feel like media is challenging it's more challenging the ideas of a society and it is changing a lot so that's a good change yeah it's going in a good direction yeah (laughs) you should be positive at least we're doing something and we're talking about it even if the change is slow at least we're taking the initiative yeah and I think a good parting thought as well. I also think that for women in STEM, it's you don't have to be officially recognized as someone that's working in the field of science, for example, to be contributing to STEM. I think anyone who's interested can contribute to STEM. Yeah, anybody, yeah. they can do whatever they want, honestly. It's not exactly STEM, but it's just they shouldn't be restricted just because of their gender. It should be their qualities and yeah. their study. Yeah, enough of that now. So our next song is Learning How to Die by Poor Care, which is an easy listen slash folk song by an Australian born and Los Angeles based song songwriter, producer and multi-instrumentalist. Hi, this is Amplify on Sin and you just listened to You're Still the One by Maple Glider. Before that, you heard Pretending by the 19-year-old artist Michael Leah. The second song was Moving On by Velvet Trip and the first song was I've Got a Voice by the local band Bones and Jones. Today, me and Ivy described ourselves as ice cream, talked about the language day that was on 21st February and the six doctors swallowing Lego heads for experiment plus our weird childhood stories and we talked about the origin of International Women's Day. That's it for today. See you on Amplify next Saturday.